Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 14th of November, the 318th day of 2022, leaving us a modest 47 days to work with until 2023. Possibly the biggest news for some of us is that tomorrow, on the Ides of November, so to speak, the world's population of humans will reach 8 billion, a new milestone as estimated by the United Nations. We here in the United States help comprise the third most populous country, right behind China and Indian. Neck and neck at approximately 1.4 billion people apiece, though India is projected to become the most populous country on the planet sometime in 2023. Other sobering statistics include those concerning energy. We in the U.S. have 4% of the world's population, but consume 17% of the world's energy, while China has 18% of the world's population and consumes 25% of the world's energy. Another attention-getting statistic is 200,000, the number of people added to the world population every day. Yet we might be thankful for that number being the lowest since 1950. In other words, the entire time I've been alive, with the exception of this past year, the number of people added to the population of the planet each year has been greater than 200,000. Today, in 1524, Francisco Pizarro began his first New World expedition into what's now Colombia. Today, in 1666, English journalist Samuel Pepys reported on one of the first blood transfusions, this one between dogs. Today, in 1832, the first horse-drawn streetcar debuted in New York City. Today, in 1851, the first edition of Herman Melville's Moby Dick is published by Harper and Brothers in the U.S. Today, in 1883, the first edition of Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island was published by Cassell and Company. Today, in 1908, Albert Einstein presented his quantum theory of light. Heavenward in the eastern sky, mid-evening tonight, look for the three stars that comprise the constellation Orion's belt, Alnitak, Alnilam, and Mintaka, keeping company with two of Orion's brightest stars, Betelgeuse and Rigel. Today after tomorrow at 8 27 in the morning, our waning gibbous moon will enter its last quarter, and the day after that, on Thursday morning, the Leonid meteor shower will peak. And speaking of peaking, the New York Times observes this past week that the number of daily reported coronavirus cases and subsequent hospitalizations in the United States is rising for the first time in several months with currently about 41,000 cases being announced nationwide every day. Anecdotally, at the University of Maine in Orono, my girlfriend, who is teaching three classes this semester, has now had more than 25 students test positive for COVID, which translates into a 35% infection rate. My own classes have had an uptick in positive cases this past week, with more than half of one class absent this past Thursday. Overall, the University of Maine administration in Orono has been in laissez-faire mode for the fall 2022 semester, with masks optional and testing difficult to arrange. This is, of course, 
both troublesome and troubling, especially when considering that, according to the New York Times and other credible sources, the daily average of coronavirus deaths nationally remains above 325. In other words, at least 2,282 people are currently dying per week in the U.S. from COVID. Why would anyone at this point confidently say COVID is over or be popularizing post-COVID as a modifier when referring to the days ahead? Clearly, we have data showing that this disease continues to kill people at a significant rate. The United States to date has had 98 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported instances of the disease on January 21, 2020, BA4 and BA5 Omicron variants being responsible for almost all recent cases. Therefore, we continue to be the world's leader in COVID, with 16% of the world's 635 million cases when we're only 4% of the world's population. 2 million of the world's 635 million reported cases were recorded this past week. Elsewhere on the planet, the major industrialized nations continue to hold second through seventh places, ranging from 45 million cumulative cases in India to 38 million cases in France, 37 million cases in Germany, 35 million in Brazil, 27 million in South Korea, and 25 million cases in the UK since the beginning of the pandemic more than two and a half years ago. On the fatal front globally, Current numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially at 6.7 million, while COVID deaths in the United States, according to Johns Hopkins and other credible sources, are presently at 1.1 million. Not a big number, perhaps, unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. Worldwide, more than 12.9 billion doses of vaccine have been administered, but remember that only 68% of all Americans are vaccinated, and half of those vaccinated have been boosted. Today, in 1948, in Buckingham Palace, London, Charles Philip Arthur George Mountbatten Windsor was born to Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us that unlike previous heirs to the throne, Charles was sent to boarding schools. At one in Scotland, students were compelled to run outside, shirtless, to a cold morning shower every day, year-round. Charles survived this to spend six months at Timbertop, an outdoorsy school in Australia. He received his advanced education at Trinity College, Cambridge, and then was placed in the Royal Navy, where he became a paratrooper, a jet pilot, and the skipper of a minesweeper. In civilian life, Charles became a cellist, a scuba expert, a polo player, a skier, and like many Englishmen, a proficient gardener who also talked to his plants. In 1981, before his marriage to Diana, Charles remarked, Falling madly in love is not necessarily the starting point to getting married. Today is also the birthday in 1905 of American blues guitarist and singer John Henry Barbie. In 1906 of American silent screen star Louise Brooks. In 1909 of American Senator Joseph McCarthy. In 1912 of American Woolworth heiress Barbara Hutton. In 1922 of American actress Veronica Lake and of Egyptian politician and Secretary General of the UN, Boutrous Boutrous Ghali. In 1947, of American journalist and satirist P.J. O'Rourke, 
1954 of the first woman African-American U.S. Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice. In 1959, of American social justice activist Brian Stevenson, and in 1962, of American actress Laura Sangiacoma. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the ninth week of autumn.